Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock and this is the Reincarnated Book Tour with Sasha A. Ali. Hello, everyone. (laughs) She is back by popular demand. And in case you missed it, but I don't know why you would, Sasha was the very first guest on Babe Cave. She is an actress, comedian, the biggest animal lover I think I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Realist of the real. I just love him. (laughs) (laughs) Sasha, I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me back. I also didn't know it was by popular demand, so thank you everyone else for demanding me so popularly. Is that a phrase that we can say that makes sense? Or did I just make it up? No, you have no idea how many people, like, when your episode first came out, they're like, oh my gosh, she's so funny. She has to come back. I was like, yeah. Oh, my sweet baby angels. Thank you. Thank you, my sweet baby angels. Thank you. (laughs) So I have been on this virtual book tour of Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Loves Have Set Me Free. And I am bringing along friends who have been there through my journey. And I had to have you on because you are really like my first read of a lot of stuff. Like I've sent you stuff all throughout the years. And then I get nervous because I'm like, she's going to tell me the truth. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna tell That's me not what I asked her for. <laughs> you're gonna tell me the truth but yeah you uh you were a first read for this for me I guess I can only speak for myself so what I first read is raw untamed of your thought you know what I mean mm-hmm. before it's subjected to opinions critiques etc etc even time mm-hmm. so to hear it in its rarest form is like the best. And then also to be able to, after, you know, years of work of, you know, starting one project and then it transpires into another. And then to see what it ends up becoming mm-hmm. is kind of crazy because then I think, Oh my God, I remember when it was a little mustard seed and then now it's this big book that has a table of contents and lots of pages and a cover. And you're like, holy crap, this is a real thing that I can touch. So for me, it's exciting to be that person in this process. And you don't say things that you don't mean. So I don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really don't say things I don't mean, but you like, if you heard my burp, I'm sorry. But um, like, you really, <laughs> it was like rolling. I was like, ah. Um, maybe you heard that um but you Just really real life guys we're in real time we're in real life we're in real Just time living our real life right <laughs> why would i remember mean it i don't want to have that conversation <laughs> so i'm only gonna say if it's good when it's good that's it <laughs> that's why we get in trouble if we go to people's uh like shows and if they know that we're there because we are so loud and if we don't laugh uh, and they know it it's tough because we've seen so many shows that the way we react is not the same anymore. Like it has to be insanely funny for me to laugh out loud. Like I can have a stone cold face and think, Oh, that was delightful. Yeah. But my face, you just won't tell, you know what I mean? 
the worst is when the show's over and then they approach you like they like they're coming at you to give you a hard sell but they mm-hmm. actually want you to have some kind of opinion about what you just saw and i haven't prepared myself yet so i usually just comment honestly like you were on that stage and i heard <laughs> you so clearly you did such a good job at projecting your voice to make sure that all of us in the back heard you because one it's true and two it's a compliment and what they came to me for was a compliment so i got to stay honest and give a compliment so we're all happy and we get to walk away from each other <laughs> unscathed and then i just get the hell out of there because it can only do so many of those oh well so um i think that kind of goes along with i mean but trusting people like and seeking out those people like when you're creating stuff or like when you're doing anything uh what are things that you look for in feedback or whatever because what you were just saying too is like it is hard when you are creating something and you do need some kind of feedback like are there things where it's like ultimately no matter what it's up to Sasha it's Sasha's thing or do you weigh some opinions more than others or is it like situation based uh it's tough it's hard to say because I really 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 try to follow my gut Mm -hmm. and how I feel at that moment because I don't like feeling unsettled Mm -hmm. um and then in regards to opinions and feedbacks it's not something that I actually look for Mm -hmm. Um, in my day-to-day life because I try to do whatever I think is best to do because I'm the one living with those choices and consequences, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it just, it kind of depends because it's hard to ask somebody, do you think this is funny? Because everybody's sense of humor is different, you know? And also they're... um, where everybody comes from is different too. So some type of stuff, it's like asking someone, do you understand this? And it's in a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that they're dumb because they don't know the language. It's just not something that they were introduced to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that's during the question. It's tough because I just don't know. Usually though, if I do require any feedback or opinion, I hit up my siblings and my parents, um, my siblings first, because they feel that I'm unqualified and untalented, because so, <laughs> that's how siblings are. So they'll give me, like, the honest opinion. They'll be just like, ha, huh, finally, you were funny, you know, kind of thing, or, um, which I enjoy hearing, you know, that from them. And so I feel like, but if I wanted an honest opinion, I would get it from them. It's tough to get it from your parents, because they created you, so no matter what you do is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So it just kind of depends. I don't know. It's it's a hard question to ask. It would depend on what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and what I'm doing it for, and okay. why mm-hmm. I would need the feedback. Uh, okay. So what if it's like uh, amongst friends, you know, like a, a community that's not your family? Because I there are a handful of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of the worst with some of it where I'll be talking about something and someone will start like 
trying to give me a solution. And I was like, I actually didn't ask for help or feedback. And so it seems like I'm very resistant, (laughs) but I'm like, actually, you weren't the one. (laughs) I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever experience people just giving you advice and you're like, I actually didn't. I'm really blessed with such an unpleasant expression on my face that I rarely get approached with unsolicited requests or responses. (laughs) No, but I, you know, it's funny. It's like, um, I'm my toughest critic and I've done enough shitty shows and have been in those shitty shows and have been complimented by people that are dear to me about me being in those shitty shows. I don't trust any of those people anymore. (laughs) Are you including me? I guess, well, you know, I don't know if you've, because you were always in the office, so I don't know. And then when we started doing shows, you moved away. Mm. So maybe if you were still here, I would be like, Amanda, real talk. But I feel like they look at me with just, it's hard to look at something, especially if you know the person, you know what I mean? And not have what you're seeing filtered through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am, you know how uh, I am. So I I, I think I could be, I'm probably tougher than anybody I would ask um, on anything that I'm doing. I don't know. I just feel like at the end, I got to feel good about it, whether... I liked it or not. I find I'm most at odds these days with that type of feeling, but it's so brief and fleeting. It's like when I'm in an audition, because the room is small, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the environment is like a little bit negative only because people are tired. They've seen a bunch of people come in um, and it's, you're seeing the same scene over and over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you go in there as a, stage performer that's the first thing that hits so that kind of hits you a little bit and you're like ah and then um you know I do the scene and then I'm thinking god it was so fast like I just don't like it you know but that's what I have to walk away with and be okay with Mm -hmm. but I just you know like actual because everything that I do is like five seconds and then I'm out of there and it's too short to suck and I'm like okay bye and I have no responsibility to it later (laughs) you know what I mean like, I have no receipt. You have a receipt because it's like three, 200 pages or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. I felt like I rambled on there, but no, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be terrible on a jury because I'd be like, I don't know, guys. I just don't know. What are you talking about? You would be the person that the judge like would if I was, You would get dismissed before any of that because they're like, no. God, no, I hope so. Mm-hmm. She, she, because this is the problem they say these are the rules you have to abide by the rules I was like I get that those are the rules but what my gut is telling me is no so I have to be sound in my resolve and constitution and they're like we need you to adhere to our constitution and I'm like that's great but we're talking about my constitution see what I'm saying I can't you can't tie me down you can't is basically what I'm saying <laughs> So can't be done. No, that I want to go back to like auditions though, because it's interesting uh, that idea of like what I, you know, this book is a receipt. But I mean, when you have to go into something too like that, you have no control and it's just like, all right, I'm releasing this. It is yeah. what it is. You either like it or you 
don't, you like me or you don't. And either way, I'm going to keep moving. I know too, like in those, because it's not like I'm going in for guest stars or um, uh, big roles. I'm going in for like, I'll take that cup or the door is this way or stir. What was your line? Do you remember your line in Scandal? Uh, oh, I was counting down. And I'm like, have I ever counted in my life that way? Like, <laughs> what's the motivation behind this countdown? It's like, get it together, Sasha, for God's sake. Just count down, get your check, get out. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, as an actor who creates and wants to do stuff and do it well, you, I, I, can, I can see sometimes that my wheels spinning get ahead, get ahead of me. Mm. Um, so that in its own way, like, what do you mean? Like, um, if I'm putting too much thought in something that doesn't require that much thought, you know what I mean? Like if I wanted to go to the store and I brought one canvas bag because I was going to go buy bread, eggs and milk. Mm-hmm. And then I end up buying way more stuff and trying to stuff it into that small canvas bag instead of getting a bigger bag. You know what I mean? It's like, why am I stuffing this small situation with stuff that it doesn't need? Mm-hmm. You know, wait for the right moment to have those types of thoughts where the wheels turning. But that's excitement. Excitement gets you there. So you're talking about like in auditions where... You feel like I have to show all of these things, right? Well, I just get ahead or, of myself because it's like you want to do something because basically they want a baseline. You mm-hmm. just to say this role, these lines, not to distract, to get it done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not the star of the show. You're not the guest of the show. You're just saying these lines like a normal human being. But then you start thinking, oh, or I start thinking, oh, is it boring? Is this actually what they want? Should I do it this way? Instead of just mm-hmm. staying authentic to what the actual task is. You get, I get excited by the other stuff. When it's like, I have to remember why I'm there, handle it there. And then, you know, back to the store analogy is, if I want to buy all those things and get excited, prepare to go to Costco. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a quick trip to write it or something to get mm-hmm. this so it's just like remembering to stay in my lane and staying present and doing that, you know, instead of getting sidetracked, worrying like, oh, should I get all this stuff or should I do all this? Or I wonder what they think about that. Who cares? Mm-hmm. That's, not what, that's not initially why I was asked. You know what I mean? That's also, it should be the same for critiques. No, that's a real. that's a really good point. Also, isn't there... <laughs> Isn't there an episode of Friends where, of course, there is, um, <laughs> and I don't know. It was Joey. We'll be able to tell you here, folks. We'll be able to tell you here if there's an episode of Friends that covers this. Go ahead. <laughs> what did Joey do? I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily like. I know there was that one where he had the hernia and he was doing stuff that was very scary, and then and there's just so many bits. Like I can't remember an exact one. But now I'm thinking of when he got that pilot for mac and cheese and he <laughs> was running pilot. lines with him and uh-huh. she was like screaming. I can't even remember all of the words, but she, you know, gets super dramatic and he's like, whoa, like just take a breath. Take a minute. That actually reminds me when he was on the soap opera and Phoebe needed extra money. 
So he had her come in as an yes. extra, and all her job was to, to carry the tray of medical equipment Maybe that's it. to the doctors. And she was doing so much and getting so nervous. And it was like, girl, all you have to do is walk from point A to point B. And then she and like slams that, it that's down. Perfect. She slams <laughs> it down. It's like, yes! Like, <laughs> Oh, I love that oh, show. Um, you know, that's actually a really good point because I, even with this book, and if I look back at other things, like there's some times where I can look at myself and be like, Amanda, you're trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about that earlier. And we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Not with you guys no. <laughs> in a conversation that none of you were at. <laughs> Just in case you guys are like, no, we didn't. That never happened. <laughs> it did. Earlier. Earlier. Um, yeah, I think sometimes you see other people doing stuff or you hear of how somebody went to an audition and, oh, they just pushed a little bit past. Like, uh, there is a, and he will remain nameless, but someone who we both know um, mm. who... Uh, SNL had come to town when a bunch of people, like a bunch of people were still in Chicago and he was asked like, because you're supposed to do three impressions. Mm -hmm. uh, They had come to town for, I guess everybody kind of knew it was like one for one person, but anyways, Mm -hmm. this person who we know, um, uh, we'll call him John Doe short. Um, So John was like, I'm going to do my three impressions. And so he did one. And then the casting directors were like, all right, thank you. You know, <laughs> have a good day. And he, and he said, no, he's like, I, you asked me to prepare three impressions and you're going to see all of them. Oh my and God. Then he did it. And then, um, <laughs> He was like, I did not get cast. Um, but then he got uh, cast uh, on The Daily Show. Oh, uh, well, I guess that's good. So, but anyway, but it was just, but you hear stuff like that where you're like, oh yeah, that's going to be me. I'll be bold. You know, like I'll mm-hmm. push past, I'll do whatever. It's like, maybe. See, I could never because when you, if you tell me to prepare three and I do one and then you say, great, thanks. I'm assuming you didn't even want to hear the first one we, and you want me to leave. I would never assume I understand what you're saying. I'm going to go ahead and give you 18 more because that's really what you want. I mean, and I would never like my assumption would be, oh, my God, I just sucked so much butt right now. I have to get the hell out of here. Like, whew, it'd be like a Sasha sized hole in the wall because I would run out of there. Maybe it's like a, a man thing. Of like, I don't know. I thought it was really boring. No, because we know a lot of gals who are like that. Yeah. Like I said, I'm very critical. And my confidence is like, I'm very self-like. But I would never assume that I was the dopest or the best. You know what I mean? In any given situation. Unless I was to receive a certificate that said in this particular situation you are the dopest being certificate that would be the only time I would assume that that's that's happening because we're actually you know like in this area 
there's this idea that it's all these people that were the best from wherever they came from and they moved out here. And to me, that is never real because there's so many people that are so good that never come out here. We just mm -hmm. have the privilege of being here where there are quite a few people that are talented, you know, mm -hmm. and, but you can look to your left and to your right. And there's always going to be someone better than you every single time. So the idea of doing that is just mind blowing to me. Well, I can't believe I'm going to have to ask you later who that person yeah. is. <laughs> when I say it, you'll be like, Oh, of course. <laughs> um, but it's in like, I think a lot too, like in my book where, you know, uh, and you picked up on this and I think it's, uh, pretty evident, but it's like, you know, going through all of this, like imposter syndrome and feeling like, mm. am I worthy? Am I okay to be here? And, and that's something I talk about a lot of like both times I moved to LA in acting classes and, you know, with improv, but you have this idea, like, mm -hmm. I didn't even know if I was eligible, quote unquote, eligible to, take like improv for actors one like I called mm -hmm. the office and JB um Mr. Jonathan Browning he and like I remember talking blessed to angel. him he is he, such a blessed a, angel that is a that is a blessed baby angel um <laughs> and his episode of the office where he's in Michael's improv class is still like one of my favorites friends for real can we talk about help per I mean <laughs> if you have to be in any episode if you have to be in any of the yep, if you have to be in My any God. of the office episodes, that's the one. And so, friends, you can now go watch um, that episode where Michael's in the class because Jonathan is the one who screams at him. I'm not even in the scene. Oh yeah, that improv <laughs> class with the fake gun. <laughs> it's oh. so good, but um, but yeah, but I I called and I was like, um, I don't know, like, am I really? Am I? am I considered an actor? And like, I went through all of these things I'd done. I was like, oh yeah, I just did my first professional play, blah, blah, you know, all these things. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And you know, what's insane is that happened to me as well. I moved, I graduated college with a theater and film degree, moved out here specifically to go to second city and be an actor. And the first freaking class that I signed up for and that's back like you said they had the IFA program and then improv for you know level one normal people yeah and I did improv level a for normal people I didn't even sign up for the actors one even with my degree in hand even knowing what my dream is and whole the whole reason I moved out here I did improv level a with all these people who are just taking it for fun because, you know, they need to be good speaking at their financial conference or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, but that's, yeah, I very much wrestled with that. I was like, Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm going to be an actor, but I'm not an actor yet. You know what I mean? Or I'm, Oh, this is what I want to do, but I, I'm not as good as I need to be yet. You know what I mean? I can't say that yet. I, that's just really funny that you brought that up. Cause I, I did the same thing and it was at, after improv level, the improv A, I was just like, what are you doing? This is going to cost you so much more of your intern hours because <laughs> it's A through E. Girl, and you IFA know I know program, about those intern hours. I was yeah, like, and I was like, the IFA program is like three levels. So it wasn't even out of the realization of saying, yeah, I'm an actor. It was out of poverty where I said, you need to move. <laughs> <Poverty>. <laughs> 
to the actors to the actor side of it. But it is it's um, I even still when people ask me what I do for a living, I never say actor first. Like anytime I, I come back home, my siblings are always like, uh, yeah, she's an actor. And she's from California. And I'm like, first of all, I'm from Kansas. <laughs> Second of all, stop telling people I'm an actor because they're going to assume that I'm in stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? But isn't that funny? It's they see me as an actor. And then I see myself as, oh, I just go to work every day at a dance studio. And then I happen to get lucky enough to act sometimes. Knowing that if that's what I wanted to do, a nine to five, I would stay back in Kansas. Right. But I'm, the only reason I'm out here is to act, but still have not reconciled in my head. I don't know what it would take for me to feel like I'm a proper actor. You know what I mean? That is a very curious uh, um, notion. Well, think it's about this. Weird. Think about this, too. Think of the people who we know who were teachers and who had had roles on television shows who mm -hmm. had then you know the show ends or whatever and they come back and they teach improv and they're doing you know some random odd jobs and stuff but they still call themselves actors and I never knew I was like is it when you get a major role on a on you know like a show or if you get a major part in a movie like what's that point because you go back home and people are like oh you live in LA so are you in commercials? Are you, do, I think that you should, people used to tell me that I should be on soap operas. I was like, do you know how hard soap operas are? Like, do you yeah. know how much hard work that is? I'm not saying that I can't work hard, but I'm like, that ish ain't easy. Like, no, that is the lines every... change after you've memorized them. Yeah. You barely get paid. Yeah. I'm like, um, okay, sure. Let me just go. Let me just mm -hmm. show up. But yeah, it's a weird thing, especially I think uh, I was at a like a get together or something like a few months ago and this woman was like, it was a bunch of women and this lady was like, oh, um, so Amanda, so now we're going to ask um, everyone and if I've, I think I've told this story recently on here, but I don't know, I forget. But anyway, she was like, oh, okay, so we're going to get to, um, we're going to get to you now. It was at someone's apartment. Like, it's not a networking event. It's just regular gals. So um, so I guess we have to ask you the question, what do you do? And I was like, why? Oh, why? God. Do we have to? Because that's like the most, and it's something that I still wrestle with, but I think it's the most uninteresting question you could ask someone because it doesn't really tell you a whole lot about them like sure if you say oh I'm an actor and then like initially you and I if we had met each other whatever connect about that even after a minute like you're gonna have to figure out like okay cool like what else mm -hmm. is it about you who are you as a person what are the other things that light you up like what are the things that you're passionate about what you know you could even ask, like, I don't know. I just, there's so many other things. And so it's, it's one of the, it's like weird where you're like, I don't want to say that I have a hard time saying that I'm this, that I want to be. And then and I, I also, also just hate, hate when people ask. It's a weird form of like status. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, asking you what you do, because 
in my opinion, sometimes it's the, it colors the situation into saying, okay, now I know where I stand against you, Mm -hmm. you know, and in a situation like that, where it's not a networking event and you're just with your friends in an apartment, that doesn't seem appropriate for that question to be asked amongst people you should be comfortable and vulnerable with. Um, It's funny because as I get older, I only care about what people do in relation to the life that they're living. Mm. So if people are traveling all the time and seeming to enjoy their life, I ask them out of curiosity because it's like almost that they found some kind of job or some hidden passage to be able to do these things, you know, and then that's where I would be drawn to the question. Yeah. What is it that you do? And can I also do it? You know what I mean? Um, but I don't ever think, at least not to my recollection, that I've ever asked anybody in a general setting or even at, I don't go to networking events because I don't like to network. I also, mm. you know me, I hate making friends. <laughs> <laughs> that attracts more people to you. Uh, don't I know it. Um, <laughs> no, so, but I like, I, I'm not curious about that, you know, like what people do. I also don't want people to feel uncomfortable about what they do. Mm. Um, And I feel like if it comes out what they do naturally, then great. That's something you wanted me to know. I don't know. I usually ask uh, people like silly questions first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how many dogs do you have? Assuming Um, that they would have more than one, which is funny because people are like, I don't have any. Ugh. I see where this is going and then I leave. But, you know, it's like, Which is, I, I want to know silly things about people. That, <laughs> yeah, I see that I'm wasting my time here. Uh, I like to know the silly things about people first because I feel that puts the guard down for them to be more honest. Mm-hmm. But um, also it's not a job interview. So I don't want to do that to somebody's free time where they you know how I'm long-winded and I ramble and then I circle and then I don't know where we began. Anyways, that's my opinion on what you said about this meeting at your friend's house. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. It was because we started with like not being able to say that you're an actor, like having that insecurity about stuff. And then, then I brought up like when people ask you and you're just like, why, why does it have to be that question? Because, and we talked about this a little bit, before we started um but I've been thinking a lot about this idea of like community and true friendships and stuff and I think that it's it's funny when you you know keep picking up friends along the way you unwillingly probably but no I mean I I've been thinking about this like when you keep picking up people along the way um you know Sasha probably just finds them at the laundromat but um Or they find her, but... They do find... I'm the North Star for all the crazies. You really are. (laughs) But the people who... Like, I don't... Okay, let me... See, I started asking this question. Now it's long-winded. Do you find that you have, like... I'm going to say, like, people in the last couple years. Friends that you've made. Now, is it more of, like, a... Uh, 
like true friendship where like you feel that you could go to Target with them. They know your Hallmark movie obsession. They know these little intricacies about you. Or is it more just like, oh yeah, Sasha does improv. She performs. You know, you guys like know each other on that kind of. I learned very long ago that you shouldn't be able to count your best friends more than one hand. And that was the lesson my dad told me in high school. He was like, um, the person with so many friends has really no friends at all. Mm. Um, cause how can you have an honest friendship when you give yourself away to so many people that mm-hmm. doesn't allow the time to mm-hmm. create it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm very clear about my lines. I don't go to target with people. I don't go to movies with people. I don't invite I people to I my home. No, no, no. I, I mean, what I, what I'm saying is, is I don't go hikes or movies or uh, invite people to my home or invite people on trips or anything, unless they are my actual friend. Acquaintances. Uh-huh. I don't do that stuff with those are acquaintances. We're cordial. We get along. Uh, we have shared, um, you know, experiences and stuff like that, but there's no investment beyond that for my friends, like that I've made at second city or that I have back home or that I made in college. You know, those are, those are my friends. Those relationships are sound. Those are people that I can call on after three years, not having spoken to them. And we pick up right where we left Mm -hmm. because the foundation is solid. So for me, as someone in my early thirties, I'm not, I'm just not in that place where I want to accumulate friends. Cause I feel like I already have great friends. I already know great people. Mm-hmm. I already, my plate is full, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then, you know, if great friendships happen afterwards, those are things that happen by chance and not something that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But I am lucky enough to have so many wonderful people. You know what I mean? Like I have my dear friends that I went to Iceland with. I have friends that I do my road trips with. I have friends that I come back home and they invite me to their home. Like I live there. Like I have friends all around Mm -hmm. um, that I can honestly call my friends and family. But outside of that, though, it's just like, you know, if I'm not doing those stuff, those things with you, then we are very much acquaintances. Doesn't lessen our kindness or anything like that. It's just like, you are great, but you have your people. I have my people. We get along well, but that's where it is. We're not, there's no expectation for more. Yeah. I guess if that makes any sense. No. Yeah, it does. You're very also clear about your time and that. And we yeah, had that I, conversation I, before. Yeah. Like, it's funny because I've been thinking about that a lot, like where I know a lot of people mm-hmm. as you know, a lot of people and uh, I think I got into like this space where it was like, and you're my friend and you're my friend because you feel like, <laughs> I don't want to tell you like to your face that like we're friendly, but mm-hmm. you know, like it's a, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. Like I was reading this article and they were talking about like how the older you get, you use friend as like this very casual term for people. Mm-hmm. And Uh, It's like just about creating that kind of sense of community, but a lot of people, it's like they compartmentalize those things. So you might have a book club friend, you might have the friends you go to dinner with once a month or whatever, but you're spreading yourself out so much that people don't 
know you. And I think that there's, there is such value, especially like when, you know, there are quite a few people who I've been like lucky enough to have like along the way of my journey. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who like, I know that I could send a message or call or do whatever, like no matter how long it's been since we've talked and Mm -hmm. they would pick up or they would be right there or, you know, like, I think all, all of this to say, is like when I, when you feel like you've lost some friendships or whatever it is, those friendships were the ones that were meant to like kind of go away. And the Mm -hmm. ones that you can come back to are the ones that were meant to stay. Not that, you know, some of those other things didn't matter or those people, you know, don't matter, but it's just kind of how life happens. Like there's ones that just stick. Those types of things too, like it just shows you what they are, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you're moving to a place and that changes the relationship with someone, it shows you that what tethered to what tethered y'all together in the first place was location and Mm -hmm. the things you, and the things you were doing at that time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, if it's, for example, high school, it's the city that you were in and the classes that Mm -hmm. you went to. And then you moving to a different state to go to college or you doing that doesn't take away from that person. It's just those things you didn't, you had in common, you no longer have in common. Mm -hmm. And then you guys are respectful enough not to waste each other's time anymore and move forward and grow. You know, I think that's the Mm -hmm. kindest thing you can do instead of dragging someone yeah, my pastor, um, my pastor in LA one time, uh, he went to, maybe we actually, I feel like maybe you, we have talked about this before, but he went to this like pastor's retreat or whatever. And it was like two or three days. And then at the end, everybody's like, let's get each other's info and let's do mm-hmm. this. And, or I've told this story on here, whatever. But, um, and people were asking him for his info and he's like, we don't have to do this. Like, we're not going to keep in touch it's okay. Yeah. And I think we're also desperate for connection sometimes that it's like, Oh, let's become instant friends and let's keep in touch. And there was, I was just telling you that I had gone to a conference uh, where Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk had spoken. And I ended up sitting with some people and like at the end they were all like, Oh, and here's my business card and here's this. And, you know, let's stay in touch and let's connect and Oh yeah. And all of this stuff. And I was like, this is too much and none of it's going to happen. And maybe I'm, you know, I have the bad vibe or like the bad attitude about whatever, but I'm like, that's a lot of energy. It's also, I don't like like stuff like that because for me, intention is really important to me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like I like the friends that I make when I look ugly and dr- I'm dressed like a slob. You know what I mean? Because that means you're pals with me because of my personality. It had nothing to do with the aesthetic. Right. You know, it wasn't when I let the locks down and did the eyes and the boobs and the lips and all that. You know what hey. I mean? Right? It ah. takes so much time. No, but you know what I'm saying? It's not like um, I'm putting myself on sale for um mm-hmm. attention or re- I don't want to receive anything it's just mm-hmm. like uh, those are the th- so what like anyways my point is, is like when you're at those types of things and people start giving you their business cards or whatever it's not 
in my opinion, I don't take it as, oh, you want to be pals. It's Mm -mm. you want me to take it because you are hoping that somewhere down the line, I can do something for you and vice versa. The way that I look at it is I don't want to do anything for anybody because I already have a list 50 deep of people that I've known my whole life that I want to take care of first. You know what I mean? And I also don't want it to be in a situation where it's like you do something for me and I do something for you type of thing. You know what I mean? Because what if that I, we end up doing that and something goes wrong and then you want to take it away from me? Like I'd rather just go the hard way and mm-hmm. get there myself. And I know people are like, no, life's about networking and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, for example, our class at Second City, we're all moving up together. Our pals at UCB and the Groundlings, we've all made these friendships doing shows. And all these people that you're either friends with or acquaintances that you have shared work experience, that if they need you, they're going to call upon you. Not because they want something from you, just because they know you're going to do a good job or you need the work. If we're into networking, that's the way that I want to do it. You know what I mean? But I'm never, never, never interested in that situation. Like we did, um, I was in the NBC Diversity Showcase. Um, you know how they pick like Middle Eastern kids, you know, black kids, Mexican kids. And explain everything. a little bit about what that is. So I was in that. Uh, it's it's a showcase where they showcase writers and actors. So they had a bunch of uh, for people NBC. from all spectrums of diversity writing for NBC, uh, writing comedic material and then they had all actors from all spectrums of diversity uh, performing in it mm-hmm. so we did it and it was, everybody was really wonderful and the thing that i remember though is i and there's like for you and then you know like some industry people and you know all the people behind the scenes that were working so i took my time coming out because i it just makes me uncomfortable because it's like i don't want to be out there be like hello i'm for sale somebody <laughs> you know what i mean um that makes me so uncomfortable. So I kind of just hung out until I felt like it was almost over. Um, but you still have to show face. So I went out <laughs> and I was bombarded with people giving me their business cards mm. and it was fellow actors mm. and there, and they were all pitching themselves to me. Oh, I'm really talented. I can write, I can act, I can do all this. And I'm just a handful of business cards and I'm looking at all of them and I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do with it? You know what I mean? Like, why are you giving it to me? What did I do for you to think that I should be the recipient of this? So then as they're talking to me, I go, guys, slow down a second. I go, I want to be honest with you because I know how much money it costs to print all this. I cannot do anything for you. I want to be very clear about that right now. I go, you have the opportunity right now that you're in the room with actual industry people. If you want to give anyone your business card, that's who you should be giving it to. Do Mm. not waste it on me. Just don't do it. Um, and I am sure you're talented and as wonderful as you say you are, but for God's sakes, don't just hand this out to people because it costs so much money to make it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I go, and when are you ever going to be in the room with these types of people? So go and give it to them. Well, we didn't perform in the show, so we think it's inappropriate. I go, who gives a shit? They don't know. Just give it to them. You know what I mean? You're here. Mm -hmm. Who cares? They'll look you up if they want to see what you can do. But that, that's what I was telling them. And these people weren't, like I said, from the show or anything. They were just guests that watched the show. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if you want to take the opportunity to pitch yourself, fucking do it right. You know what I mean? Don't waste your time on me because I'm not going to be able to do anything for you. Um, and my friend, um, she went to a writer's panel at UCB and 
this gal was on the, it was like uh, women writers or something. And so she went to it and she was telling me that this lady was like, I want to tell you right now, I'm not going to hire any of you because I have all my friends that are great writers that I'm going to give the jobs to. And you should be doing that for all your friends. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was a curious thing, like this idea of networking out here, because I never really had heard about it to this extent until I moved out here. Mm-hmm. People are constantly pitching themselves and pushing themselves and just praying that whomever's hand their ticket lands in, that they can do something for them. And to me, I'm sure it advantages, but I, for me, it's a really dangerous gamble. And I, I don't, I don't do it because I don't like um, creating a pact with someone I don't know anything about on a whim. You know what I mean? To me, that's not safe. So there's a few there's things. No stability in that. Yeah. yeah. So a few things like that was one of the reasons why, like especially when I got to the end of my time in LA, like I always knew that I needed to be like doing stuff on my own. I think that's like the, the crux of a lot of my story. It's like, Amanda, stop. I didn't realize how, um, I, I want to work with my friends and I want to like, ultimately my thing has always been that I want to hire my friends mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like, because, you know, also if I want to be baby Oprah, I have to make movies and television and have my own network. And then I have to hire all of my brilliant friends. But um, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always wanted to hire people who I know and I trust. And I've also known that, and we've talked about this before, but that I'm never going to succeed if I'm in a position where I'm waiting for someone else to give me a job. Exactly. Where yeah. I'm waiting that's for where someone it else. All stems from. Yeah. Like that's where it all because, stems from. Because you know, the thing also with people people pitching and you know all of that and whatever, you're in such a passive role. And that sounds mm-hmm. a little counterintuitive because if you're pitching someone, then you're being active, but how you're really going to, and you have to, you know, auditioning is like part of it, but if you're not also creating other connections and you're not creating your own body of work and you're not, you know, you're never going to be ready when your friend, you know, gets a, gets a gig on a show as a writer and is like, yo, I know someone who would be perfect and they want to call you up. Um, but you have to, you have to know who you are and who you are like, not for because these people who, and I've had this happen before where people hear about the podcast or whatever. And they're like, I should be on your podcast. I know somebody who has a podcast. You should be on theirs. I'm like, I don't even know that I would like them. They don't even know that they would like my stuff. I don't need to rope a bunch of people in. Like when you look at the people who are really successful, no matter who it is, even when I went to that conference with Tony Robbins and Gary Vee, even those like some of the th- some of the other speakers I was questioning, all of them knew each other. Any other conference I've been to, they bring on people who they know. They bring on people who are their friends. When you look mm-hmm. at most shows, and we know this, like people who get their own show, they hire their friends. It's all, that is the kind of networking that I'm interested in. The one where you are with some people who started a certain level or whatever it is, and you all bring each other up together. I think when 
you're trying to pitch people who are in bigger rooms than you, who have, you know, bigger names than you, you're always going to be at a disadvantage in some way. Some people make it. Some, you know. Yeah, and those are those very rare, beautiful baby angels that make it. But I am yeah. very aware that I am not one of those baby angels. <laughs> my, I know my people come from old school farmers and teachers and refugees. So I know that no matter what path, it has to be the long, hard road. You know what I mean? It's not a beautiful paved one. It just has to be the hard way. My dad and I joke about it all the time. Mm. Don't even bother looking at the shortcut. Because what's going to happen is you're going to come all the way back to the beginning of this long one and take that path. But you also have like a good intuition. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things when you were saying, you know, hiring your pals and people that you worked with. One, it's a sense of comfort. Two, it's a sense of if we've worked together and it was symbiotic, that means we share a similar ethic. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really important to me. Do our ethic and code of conduct match Mm -hmm. in work? You know what I mean? Because I don't want to have any situation where I'm questioning my humanhood. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? In a job or there is negativity where it takes something that I enjoy so much and that relationship takes away from it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and of course there's going to be situations where, you're going to have people you don't know. And that's the normal thing of it. But if it's like, I just, if I can spend my time doing only two things and one thing is just, you know, doing shows or, you know, like 11 o'clock at night, not getting paid, but that's how I'm. But if it's to just actively hand out my stuff, like a flyer, I can't do it because I don't feel like I work. I also feel like mm-hmm. it doesn't showcase. And also I hate the idea of asking for something from somebody that I don't even know, because mm-hmm. I don't even know, should I even be asking you, what kind of person are you? All I know is you're a person that has an opportunity, but what else does it mean? What mm-hmm. kind of person are you? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I rather the long, hard road than the one crossing your fingers waiting on a whim. I um, get it. Yeah. It's just, it's tough too, because being out here long enough, like you got to build your walls and you got to protect yourself. And there's always someone who's looking to take advantage of an innocence, you know, in some way. But I feel like that's the best way if all you can do when you're far away from your family is surround yourself with good people. And each mm-hmm. of us have our, has our own way of accumulating those good people. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't feel like that's my way, my way again, is doing it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, but just who I, you know, it's just one of those things who knows what the end outcome will be. I just need to feel good along the way so I can be sound in all the work that I've done. Well, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Like I think other people's opinions are going to always be there and people are going to have things Hey, have you thought about this? Hey, have you, you know, and I think if you're in a, I mean, like if you're in a creative space, like, you know, that's what you want to do. Um, I, I think that you are always going to have things that people think you should do, but when you're creative, like you so deeply feel Mm -hmm. that thing and you're not doing it 
for anyone else. And then that's also why a lot of people end up being bad in business or like, you know, they don't, they don't know how to handle it once they've gotten a certain level of fame. But when you feel it so deeply, you're like that innately like does not feel correct. And I don't, I can't do things that I don't. You know what's funny about that is we, Hmm. it makes sense. It makes sense because we're so hypersensitive to the start of things. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you said, when you feel it so deeply and because we're creators and artists in that way, we're more sensitive to things that people are like, who gives a shit? Just give them your business card. Big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're very much invested in every small turn, every small interaction, everything means something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're a bucket of rocks, you can only hand out so many of your rocks before you're completely empty. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, quality control. Yeah, mm-hmm. the what you just said to me, 100%. That's why. We are so incredibly sensitive mm-hmm. to everything that we're doing in preparation for our creativity. Because it's such, it's a representation of everything that we are. So while we may not have the confidence to say what we are, if it's a writer, actor, whatever, everything around mm-hmm. it, is so incredibly mm-hmm. personal. And uh, I think that at the end of the day, no matter what it is, and no matter how you're going on that journey, you just have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. And you yeah. have to be able to, uh, and you, this is a line from actually your episode before, but like, you have to sign off on yourself. You can't, you don't, wait for other people to sign off on you, but you have to sign off on everything that you're doing. And people can have advice all day long, Mm -hmm. but you have to be that filter. You have to, like, you don't have to take everything. So, you know, it kind of, you know, we've, we've now come back around full circle to the, you know, when I asked you in the beginning of who is it, who you look for feedback, who are those, who are those people? Because, a lot of the themes and stuff I talk about in my book, it's about imposter syndrome, but it's also about that, that myth of seeking permission mm-hmm. from the universe or from other people, or, you know, if there's going to be that, uh, that acting teacher who's like, you're an actor or on IMDB. If like you have, now you have a certain number of credits that mean something, mm-hmm. you know, like, at the end of the day, you're the one who has to actually just look in the mirror and say, I am this, I am this mm-hmm. person. I don't need to, the only permission I need is to like for myself that I need to give for myself and not wait for other people. What's interesting about that is we act that way. We just don't say it. <laughs> so it's like, we're doing all the work under the label. We're uncomfortable saying, uh, yeah, we are writers and actors, but it's funny because I don't, I feel like we've done quite a few podcasts together and each time it's just Not so that everyone has heard. Not that you've heard it, guys. I want clear, <laughs> very, very clear. Sasha and a I- A lot of these- Don't <laughs> see the light of day. And and a lot of the time, a lot of the time they just don't. And it, the only person that's missing out is you guys. So here's the- <laughs> No, we did a great public service by not releasing them. Oh, um, 
But no, I feel like thinking about where we start and all the things that we talk about, we are just two young kids in this game. And every time we're just becoming more and more comfortable with the career path that we've taken mm-hmm. and having some sort sort of ownership in that career, you know, which I think is a pretty cool thing because it just keeps changing. And I also find that we've become more vulnerable when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is hard or this is tough or this is what I'm insecure about. So it's very interesting to me to see where we'll be next time. But it is, it's just one of those things where if you're creating something, you're creating it for a reason and you hope it resonates. And that's tough because art sticks around forever, you know, in whichever medium it's in. So it's not like something that's disposable that goes away. You kind of have to be okay with it being out there forever. And a lot of this, you know, like whether it's networking or relationships or taking critiques or whatever, it's almost like we're so hesitant because we, everything is a relationship for later. And I just don't want to invest my time if it can't be honest. That's actually an interesting way to put it. Mm -hmm. A relationship for later. Um. Gosh, that got me thinking off on so many things, but we can talk about that offline in our secret shows. Now or unaired podcast. You guys will never know. <laughs> Sounds like we need to make like our own like Patreon. And make people pay for like this secret stuff. Um, guys, a lot of it's due to me not knowing how to turn Skype on. No, or, <laughs> or, or we do something. I'm like, Sash, I have this idea. I think I want to, you know, try to experiment with whatever. And then we do it. And then both of us are like, no. Yeah. Or I'm like, this she was just, gives me no notes and I'm like, I just, <laughs> you just noted it to death. So I don't even, but, but I also trust your, I trust your input and stuff. And there's nothing that you've ever said that I have just disagreed with so hard. Like I do hear it. Uh, and I think that goes back to, you know, working with people who you trust and, you know, there's only. That's because you know the intention of whatever I'm saying. Right. Like I know that it's you're the not. the intention. It's like, you know, the person. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when you start meeting new people, uh, sometimes you can feel like, oh, you just want to like tear everything down. Like, then that's not, mm-hmm. that's not the mm-hmm. thing. Like if I ever gave you feedback where I'm like, girl, what were you doing on stage? What was that? You would know like, yeah. Oh. And that's what I would need. It's like, how dare you be a good friend and not tell me that I'm embarrassing myself? Like, are you kidding me? Right. It's like walking around with something in your tooth and no one's telling you your yes. teeth. I meant your teeth. <laughs> I mean, and also knowing that like, oh. uh, people are trying to, like, I'm, I'm okay. You know, there's, there's certain things where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if someone reads my book and they're like, oh, I found um, a typo or I found a whatever. God, what, I don't care. I really don't because overall message is getting out there and it's that story mm. that resonates. That's really all that matters. Um, but, you know, all of that to say that uh, 
I guess basically we're starting a, a Patreon and we're going to charge people to listen to us talk. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Um, so before, before we wrap this up, uh, thinking of all of the things that we've talked about, what would be some advice that you would give young Sasha? Oh, young Sash. Let's think. She looks like it's, Sasha currently. I just want to <laughs> really stupid. <laughs> um, it's tough because hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You always look down on the younger version, think, "Oh, I would do all these things differently." But then now, as an adult, when I think about that, it's like if I could tell her to do all those things differently, do I end up being myself that mm-hmm. I am now? Um, so. I would just say um, be as kind as you can to the, to your friends and to your family. Uh, Try to listen when you need to listen and um, you know, just follow your gut always, you know, whether that leads you to a mistake or to a good choice, because eventually hopefully you know what you're, you can learn something from it. I think that would be my advice. I don't want to change her path too much. Yeah. She's on her own mission. <laughs> Don't want to disrupt it. And Young Sasha, just are. do you. Just do what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Making friends at the laundromat. Um, <laughs> uh, well, until next time, uh, who knows if it'll air, but um, apparently, <laughs> just again, for the rule of threes, Sasha and I are apparently, we're going to start something on Patreon and we're going to make you pay some money to listen to us um but I'm so glad that we got to do this again and that people got um they got what they wanted uh so Sasha where can people find you um if you just like wholesome content go ahead and follow me on Instagram it's gonna be a lot of pictures of me in front of cool landmarks or me cradling sweet baby dogs um so if you like peppers and national wonders Come hang out on my Instagram page, which is Sasha A. Ali. That's it. Um, it's so that's true. it, guys. That's the only place you can find me at yeah. this time. <laughs> it's so true. Every time I look at your Insta, I'm like, where is she now? What is she I just doing? like the idea of people being able to see places maybe they didn't get to see mm. and then making them want to go to there. Mm-mm. No, you don't, you actually don't make me want to do that with a lot of it. Cause it looks yeah. like, it looks like I have to buy some like real hiking boots, <laughs> like nature stuff. I'm like mm, negative. <laughs> you just, all you need really is shoes that lace and a good windbreaker and you'll be all right. And some water. So I don't die mm-hmm. in the Grand Canyon. That's a callback to your... Oh, episode. Lord. Don't have me talking about how I save lives. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, you can pop on over to amandapollock.com where you can pick up your copy of Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free. When you do that, you also get... Uh, my free audio masterclass, if you will, called the Thrive Formula, where I take some key concepts that I've learned throughout the years and put them in a very easy form for you to use for yourself when you need that reset, when you need that uh, realignment. And then also a dollar from every book goes to St. Jude. And I think we can all agree, right? St. Jude is an amazing cause. And it's a one that I've been involved with for a few years now. So 
go ahead and help the families and the children of St. Jude so that they don't receive a bill for treatment, transportation, housing, or food. Uh, But thank you so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to be with you very soon.